Good morning and welcome to AC23, the podcast for the Arts Council of Greater Baton Rouge. I'm your host, Pam Bordelon, and joining me this morning is the one and only Johnny Palazzotto with Pal Productions. Good morning, Johnny. Good morning, Pam. Thank you so much for this invite. You're welcome. You're welcome. We haven't seen each other in a while. COVID kind of shut us all down, didn't it? Yes, it did. Congratulations on your new position here, though. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So, the world may have been shut down, but Johnny P. was very, very busy. You have produced a documentary on Slim Harpo, and you have been busy getting out the album for Karma and the Killjoys. So, yes. which one do you want to talk about first? Let's talk about Karma, since okay. the album just came out a couple of weeks ago, and we're very excited about it. It's produced by Tony Daigle, a three-time okay. Grammy Award winner, and it's on Pal Productions' label, and Karma and the Killjoys are... All music professionals, educators, the two girls, Sydney and Rain, just graduated from the theater department at LSU. Oh, wow. And the three guys are all LSU Music School graduates. Wow. Cool. So and who it's are a great band. So who are, the, who are these members? Uh, Rain Scott Quattar is the pianist and lead vocalist. Okay. Sydney Myers is a vocalist and songwriter. Thomas Vercher is a drummer. Okay. Tim Marchand's a bass player. Michael Blunt is the guitarist. Okay. And they all teach and are professional musicians. Okay. So what makes Karma and the Killjoys so cool? Songwriting. Okay. And the pianist, uh, Rain, is a phenomenal rock and roll pianist. Okay. And she's classically trained. Okay. And all of them are music uh, school educators. I've got that. Solid foundation yes. to build on. Yes. That makes a difference. Exciting live band. They just did a great show at Chelsea's Live a couple of weeks ago. Okay. And uh, they're proceeding. Good deal. Congratulations. That sounds fun. I have Thank to check you. it out. So, um, Power Productions label. So, how do I find that? Uh, pretty easy. If you Google Power Productions, okay. it'll pop up. It'll pop up. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> All of the credits that I've been involved with are listed there. Okay, and that's a long, long, lovely list, <laughs> I can tell you. <laughs> Not long enough. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so while you were also producing, helping with this album, for Karma and the Killjoys, you were also working on a documentary on Slim Harpo. I've been working on this for a little over 15 years. Wow. I'm very honored and proud to represent his family. Mm -hmm. uh, his stepson, William, just passed away oh, uh, in November. Very dear and a wonderful man. Um, his mom was married to, to Slim Harpo, Ms. Lavelle. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, they both contributed. I have the only interview, videotaped interview ever done with his wife, Ms. Lavelle. Oh, wow. And William. Uh, they both told great stories about uh, the, the life of Slim Harpo. Okay. Uh, Ms. Lavelle co-wrote songs with him. She was never given credit. Yeah. Uh, William, uh, as a 17-year-old boy, drove the van for the band. <laughs> Collected money at the door for their live gigs. Oh wow! It's uh, a it's a wonderful had... story. Yeah. About how Ms. Lavelle and Slim met one another. I'm not going to give that away. You got to be there to see that. <laughs> it's a very heartwarming story. Okay. Uh, very, so, 
down to earth. So for people who don't know, and I kind of do, but probably not enough, who who was Slim Horse Parpo and what made him such a great a, question? An integral part of the Louisiana music scene. Great, great question. Um, one of the one of the things that I discovered over the years of working on this is that in 1964, mm-hmm. this was seven years after his singles came out. Okay. The Rolling Stones on their first album recorded I'm a King Bee. Oh, wow. In 1964 also, Van Morrison and them recorded the first single, I Got Love If You Want It, written by Slim Harpo. In 1964, the Kinks recorded, um, I'm blanking on the song. <laughs> Um, so he's been recorded by some of the most well-known people there are. No artist that you can name any time in the past has had three singles released by major artists before he even had an album. Wow. Yeah. And uh, he was. his songs were recorded by the Grateful Dead, Eric Clapton, um, just... On and on and on. Over 250 different artists have recorded Slim Harpo songs. Wow. That's... And he's not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Hopefully he will be soon after people see this documentary. I hope so. So what... So I have heard I'm a King Bee. I know that one really well. What are some other songs that people might recognize? The Raining in My Heart. I didn't realize that was him. Yep. Okay. Raining in My Heart. I Scratch My Back. Mm-hmm. By Otis Redding is one of my all-time favorites. Yeah. T99 New, recorded by Alex Chilton in the box tops. Um, Like I said, it goes on and on. A Strange Love by the Cramps, a punk band. Oh, wow. (laughs) Recorded one of his songs. Um, it's, It's just a fascinating historical rock and roll story. Uh, coming from someone who was uh, uh, classified as a blues artist. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I never really thought of him as rock and roll. Well, you know, and we did an interview with John Fred, too, and John Fred had a very interesting uh, comment about Slim Harpo. And he said, you know, he always had this little special something about his songs and uh, the the harmonica intro to Raining in My Heart mm-hmm. uh, is... They're not typical blues songs. No. And not. obviously, three rock and roll artists like the Kinks, yeah. Van Morrison, and the Rolling Stones uh, picked up on that. Yeah, but I think there's a lot of blues tradition to be found in rock and roll. Yes. A lot. The a roots lot. of rock and roll are definitely the blues. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, Slim Harpo was kind of part of that group of black musicians that probably played local roadhouses, local clubs that <laughs> the average person didn't go to or, or has no frame of reference of. And they kind of got not necessarily the recognition that they deserved back in the day. Well, Slim's career was so short. His first single was released in 1957, and he passed away in 1970. Oh, wow. So he only had a 13-year career, and um, that first seven or eight mm-hmm. years was pretty sketchy. He didn't play a lot. He wasn't uh, a professional musician per se. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and he was playing pretty much. He was actually in a, in a duo with uh, Lightning Slim, okay. who was a, another uh, elderly blues artist. And um, the documentary will tell you a little bit of the story of that okay. uh, coming together. Okay. So is there a story from the documentary you can share with us? Maybe not how they met, but something. <laughs> what was the most interesting thing you discovered? I think the most interesting thing I discovered was how committed he was to Miss Lavelle. Okay. Uh, he took Miss Lavelle on the road with him. Uh, the the narration of the documentary is all in Slim's words. Oh wow! From an interview mm-hmm. that was done in New York City in 1964 with Susan Cassidy Clark. Okay. And it was done at The Scene, which was a famous rock and roll venue in New York City, a very small city okay. uh, venue. Before, before Studio 54, huh? Yes, <laughs> much before that. Um, and he, uh, he tells the story of how they met, mm-hmm. uh, of how he took her on the road with him. She was always with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and was with him that day in New York when she did this interview. Okay. And um, so it's a little bit of a love story too, huh? It's very much a love story, and and it's one that has long since needed to be told. Okay. So what what motivated you to be the teller of this story? That's a good another good <laughs> question, Pamela. <laughs> I have them every now and then. <laughs> I was on the radio with Rob Pear, WBRH. Gosh. 16, 17, 18 years ago, maybe. Uh And uh, we were talking about Slim Harpo, and we were talking about his recordings and and, uh, uh, how special they were. And uh, after the interview uh, with Rob, uh, he got a phone call. Mm -hmm. And William Gambler, Slim's stepson, happened to be listening to WBRH. Oh, wow. (laughs) And called... And uh, he and I met, and he introduced me to his mom, Ms. Lavelle, who was Slim's wife. Okay. And that established our relationship. Okay. And uh, they became very dear to me. We, we, uh, his, his daughter and his son are board members of the Slim Harpo Music Awards. Okay. Um, great friends, great people. Um, I hope that everyone will turn out to see the documentary. Uh, Alonzo and Tanita will be there. Okay. Um, And, uh, again, Slim Harpo is probably probably the most heralded European (laughs) by European artists. Okay. Uh, obviously, the Rolling Stones, the Kings, and Van Morrison yeah. were all United Kingdom English yeah. people, uh, and they discovered Slim Harpo before Americans did. Yeah, they did that a lot, didn't they? Yes, kind so, of continues today. <laughs> yeah. So the documentary is January the twenty sixth mm-hmm. at the Manship Theater. Mm-hmm. What time? Seven thirty, and tickets are available now online at themanshiptheater dot org. Okay. All right. So. Um, Louisiana has a rich, rich musical heritage, 
and you've been involved in it for a long time. You used to have a radio show, if memory serves me correct, that was nothing but Louisiana music, right? On the Tiger, WTGE. That's how we first met. (laughs) Louisiana Music Show. Yeah. Um, You know, I'd like to emphasize Baton Rouge here for a second. Sure. Uh, Because... Here we are in between New Orleans and Lafayette, mm-hmm. and of course Shreveport up in the north. And the state has an extreme rich musical history. Yeah. Uh, Baton Rouge, uh, I think, many times gets left out of the mix. Yeah, they overlook us I every mean, now and then. You know, when you got Slim Harpo, Johnny Rivers, Jimmy Clanton, John Fred. Buddy Guy. Uh, buddy Guy. I mean, the, the list goes on and on, and it seems like New Orleans and Lafayette get more attention than Baton Rouge. Yeah, and, they, and we deserve a spotlight on us. Well, I think Baton Rouge in today's time is um, not just because of Karma and the Killjoys, sure. but, you know, bands like Better Than Ezra have come out of Baton Rouge, mm-hmm. uh, and... There's a very creative community here. Mm-hmm. Um, music teachers like Dave Henson, mm-hmm. Mike Esnault, Bobby Campo, yeah. uh, Andy Pizzo. Mm-hmm. These are guys that are professional musicians uh, and music educators. Yeah. Jonathan Grimes, Jonathan Bill Grimes', Grimes son. Yeah, yeah it, his it, dad exactly. is a well-known it, jazz yes. bass player. Yes. So it's just, uh, you know, Jonathan works here. So it's uh, actually Jan and Bill Grimes are how we got this gorgeous state-of-the-art recording studio. So thank you, Grimes family. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> but um, is, it beca- is it because we take... Like, we take a little bit from New Orleans, we take a little bit from Lafayette, and we kind of make it our own? Is that kind of... I don't think it's so much taking from them at all. I think that the the creative community here is uh, spontaneous, and I think it's also, uh, as I said, traditional. Mm -hmm. I mean, Slim, uh, coming from actually West Baton Rouge, but residing in Baton Rouge for years. Um, you know, John Fred went to Catholic High School. Yeah. Johnny Rivers and and, and Jimmy Clanton went to Baton Rouge High School. Yeah, as did you. And <laughs> Buddy Guy went to McKinley. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, I don't know, legendary and, and ordinary at the same time. Yeah, it's, uh, I, uh, I never knew who Buddy Guy was until he came back to Baton Rouge after he had released Damn Right, I Got the Blues, and he came back and did this concert, and it was... It was a WTGE-WVLA present. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Mr. Cyril Vetter, and you teamed up for that one. Yeah. And that was just... uh, It opened my eyes to stuff in a music form that I really didn't know that much about. Yeah. Well, you know, and we got... Guys like Oscar Harpo Davis and Ernest Scott, uh, Ernest Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's a never-ending musical legacy uh, today. Yeah. Uh, this, this past, uh, I say this past, Sunday night at Phil Brady's was the Blues, Baton Rouge Blues Society's um, Christmas party. 
Okay. Elvin a Killer. good time was had by all. I yeah, know. <laughs> definitely. Great, great uh, music, great food. Okay. Beans and rice, jambalaya, fried chicken wings, <laughs> Chris LeBlanc, Elvin oh. Killaby, Greg Wright. Oh, wow. Um, it was uh, a great musical evening. Okay. Um, and again, it's just another part of Baton Rouge. Yeah. It's a rich fabric. In yes. this community. So you mentioned the Slim Harpo Awards. Is that something you started? Kinda? Yes. Okay. Uh, we started it in 2003. Ms. Lavelle was the first presenter. Mm-hmm. We, we recognized Rafael Neal, who was an old friend of Slim Harpo's. Yeah. Rudy Richard and James Johnson, both who were in Slim's original King Bee Band. Okay. And by the way, in the documentary, we have stories from both of them. Oh, wow. Telling about their uh, experiences of yeah. on the road with Slim. Yeah. Um, great tales. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. I. How important is it that we document all of this stuff? That we that we hear it in their own words and for for future generations. I'll tell you, the, one of the most exciting things about this to me is that. There's going to be so many people that are going to realize where these songs came from and how the Rolling Stones and the Kinks and Van Morrison, how their careers started with songs by an unknown Louisiana songwriter, harmonica player. Yeah. And uh, I'm I'm, uh, quite sure that his music and recordings are going to be... uh, raised to a new level yeah i think they need to yeah they definitely need to uh we're going to remind everybody again the uh slim harpo documentary what is the official title of that the original king bee the original king bee is going to be january 26th at the manship theater uh you can get tickets on their website manshiptheater.org and also be looking out and, and get yourself a copy of Karma and the Killjoys because they sound like they're going to be blazing a wide path through our city and the music, the national music scene, international music scene as well. And you can get that on Pal Productions, palproductions.com. It's on YouTube, YouTube? Iza, okay. I, Amazon, iTunes. Okay. Uh, and it, the, the album is titled Netscape on Ninth Street. Okay. All right. And Hellscape uh, on Ninth Hel- Street. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, Johnny, thank you so much for joining us. And I can't wait to go see your documentary. Thank you, Pam. Uh, we appreciate you joining us this morning and for AC23. Circle your calendar for January 12th as the Arts Council celebrates its 50th anniversary with our impact gala here at the Cary Sarage Community Arts Center. Uh, tickets are on eventbrite.com or you can give us a buzz here at 225-344-8558. We hope you'll join us. It's going to be a groovy evening. We may not be playing Slim Harpo, but I bet we're going to play, in, I bet you there's some 1970s songs that he influenced just as well as some from the 60s, so we'll have to yes. make sure we dig those out and we'll boogie boogie down to those. So again, thank you for joining us and we will see you next week for AC23.